Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fun edition of Behind the Springs. If you enjoy our trails and open space in Colorado Springs, and really, who doesn't? You may have heard the phrase, leave no trace. It basically means to leave the space the way you found it, and it's a pretty simple idea, um, but it makes a huge difference, and there may be parts of it that you don't know about. So we're going to talk about that today and also get to know one of the city employees um, who knows firsthand just how important it is. So Jillian Rossi, um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, you are a park ranger with our Trails, Open Space, and Parks program, which is also known as TOPS. Um, and you are our park ranger supervisor. So I will get right to the Leave No Trace as soon as we can, but tell us your story um, and how you came to be in the position you are. Definitely. I think it's a super fun story. Um, I went to undergrad in Arkansas. I'm originally from Ohio. Um, our camp, our family does not have a strong outdoor recreation background. I really? think when okay. I was younger, we tried to go camping once and it started raining. So we turned everyone around and I have five siblings. So that was quite the, the effort to go back home. Um, but I went to school in Arkansas and after I graduated, I started working with Arkansas state parks, which I still think is the best state park system in the country. They're amazing. Arkansas is beautiful. And I was a park interpreter. And so while working there, I started learning about Leave No Trace. I'd never heard about it ever before that. And this is after undergrad, so it's kind of a little bit embarrassing to say. Um, but through that, I learned that I have a love for public speaking, public outreach, environmental education. And I was really happy, but I started craving to go back to school. I never thought I would say that after undergrad, but I looked for master's degrees and I found one at Western State Colorado University, which is in Gunnison, Colorado. So I signed up for their Masters of Environmental Management program, and we ended up moving out to Colorado. I'd never been here before. It's beautiful. I love the climate. And my master's project actually dealt with environmental stewardship and answering the question, does environmental stewardship and education surrounding it actually work? Does it actually change people's behaviors? So I worked with a group called Mountain Manors. We were a stewardship initiative located in the Gunnison Watershed Valley. So we worked in Crested Butte with the Maroon Bells Wilderness, with the Crested Butte Wildflower Festival, and basically just spent a couple of summers talking to people and encouraging people to make positive choices when they're recreating, so recreating responsibly. And that's when I really started getting involved with Leave No Trace as an organization and also trying to bring it back to the work that I do. So we moved to Colorado Springs when my husband got a job with the U.S. Forest Service. He works in the Pike National Forest, which keeps him busy every single day. You guys are both outdoor lovers, right? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and then I fell in line with the city. So I started with the city of Colorado Springs in November of 2018 as an education technician. So very similar to a park interpreter. You're going out into the properties, you're talking with people, you're talking with school groups. Uh, and eventually I became a park ranger with this city. And now I'm the park ranger supervisor for our trails, open space and parks staff who are amazing. And we cover all the tops properties in the, in the city of Colorado Springs. And how many folks do you have on your team? We have six full-time rangers and a seasonal staff of 18. Okay, so that means when summertime 
that means coming up here, right? You're going to hire some seasonal staff? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're excited to onboard 12 new folks in the middle of April, so this month. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, we're glad we have you in Colorado Springs and for the city of Colorado Springs. And your work continues with Leave No Trace here. And I think people hear that and they think, Leave No Trace, yeah, got it. I won't um, you know, throw my water bottle down or leave my trash, but Leave No Trace is bigger than that. Leave No Trace is definitely bigger than that. And you're definitely right. The number one thing people attribute the, the term Leave No Trace to is not littering. Right, um, which is a great one. Yeah, It is. It's, it's definitely important. Um, but there's actually seven different principles that accompany the Leave No Trace motto. So, um, for example, principle number one is plan ahead and prepare. If you're not planned and prepared for your trip, you're more likely to leave a bigger impact than if you are prepared. So, for example, we see that a lot in North Cheyenne Canyon. When folks are super excited to hike the Seven Bridges Trail, they've read about it online, they show up in the middle of a Saturday and there's nowhere to park. And they don't have a plan B. Um, so that's when panic ensues, especially if you're a planner like me. If you get to your destination and you're not able to do what you wanted to do, it can cause some pretty strong feelings. So just making sure you're prepared, you have that plan B, it really helps to minimize impacts because um, overcrowding in the parks is a real thing. And we definitely started seeing that last March uh, when we were getting 4th of July numbers in late spring. It was very weird. During the stay at home. Yes. But all the parks and trails and open spaces were still open. And so people were taking advantage of that, which is great. But the but you're right. It gets really crowded. And the great thing about Colorado Springs is it's, it is pretty easy to have a plan B. Right. Right. I mean, there are lots of parks surrounding maybe that spot that you initially wanted to go to, but it's being aware of that. So planning ahead. Yeah, yes. definitely. Knowing okay. where to go. And we have so many hidden gems within the city, even within the TOPS program. We have so many properties that I feel aren't explored as much as they could be. Like Bluestone Prairie Open Space out east. It's my favorite open space. It's beautiful. It's really peaceful. There's dozens and dozens of bird species that you're not going to see anywhere else in the springs because it is one of our only native prairie ecosystems left. So just doing some research and finding the places that aren't the first trail you see when you Google Colorado Springs hiking trails. Right. You don't have really to go valuable. straight to North Shine Canyon or Garden of the Gods. Or, Absolutely. And those are the places that fill up the quickest. They do. Um, especially as we get into these summer months. So what does a typical day look like for you um, and or your team, um, the parks rangers that are out there? What are you all doing on a daily basis um, when it comes to instilling this leave no trace mentality, but also just in general? Well, in general, I will tell you there is no such thing as a typical, typical day, day. <laughs> for a park ranger and most park staff. Um, but our number one responsibility that our park staff have when they arrive to work is making sure the trailheads are ready to go for the day. So we do rounds every morning. Uh, we pull trash. We make sure everything is safe for when the park visitors start to use the parks. And trailheads are the first thing people see when they get to a property. So it's that first impression. So making sure that people's first impression of a property is a positive one really sets the tone for the rest of their visit. And we want everyone to have a positive experience when they're on the trails. Um, that way they form a connection with that natural area and are more inclined to take care of it and have that feeling of responsibility. So all of our park rangers and park staff, regardless of if whether they're a maintenance technician or one of our trail technicians or biological technicians, they're all trained as leave no trace trainers, which essentially means we're all using the same stewardship language when speaking with park visitors. So we have that uniform stewardship messaging. So our number one thing that we do 
when we have an interaction, whether it's uh, with someone with a dog off leash or just someone who has some questions about the park, is we explain the why behind some of our park rules and regulations and also the why of why they should make an effort to leave no trace. So and what is that why? Why is it so important to leave no trace? Because it is one of those things that's a collective um, a collective effort and people think, oh, it's it, it's just me. How big of a difference am I going to make? Oh, wow. A huge difference. So we hear that a lot. Well, it's just one pile of dog waste right. or, well, it's just one piece of uh, area of grass that I'm parking on. What's the big deal? It's a huge deal, especially in Colorado Springs. So we have a limited number of parks and open spaces and trails, but we have a growing number of park visitors. So even without the increase in park visitation due to the stay-at-home order last year, we have people moving to the springs every single day who are excited to go play outside. So while the parks are staying the same size, the amount of visitors are increasing. So we really can't afford to have anyone not doing their best to recreate responsibly when they're out there and not turn that one pile of dog waste into 300 piles of dog waste. In Everyone loses. Everyone loses. Right. I'm sorry, you were going to say just today. Oh, no, yes. that's okay. Um, but it is really important for everyone to do their part. It's not one individual action that causes these giant impacts. It's everyone repeating that action. And especially for our locals, it's really up to them to set a good example for our out-of-town visitors because tourists are going to do what they see locals doing. No one wants to look like a tourist. So I think that's really important also to set that example. Right, and when you show up, like you said, at a nice, clean, safe trailhead, you're more inclined to keep it that way. Absolutely. Um, and when you see the locals modeling that behavior, you say, okay, this is how they do it here. Um, so that's the important thing. And you're right. We have so many people moving in that we want to set an example for the newcomers as well. So what are some other tips that you see? Um, I know they're all very important, but that you see common violations um, and that, that you um, often have to approach people and give them the why and, and talk to them and educate them. So some of our biggest interactions that we have with folks who are uh, not abiding by park rules or regulations, pets off leash is a big one. Okay. Um, everyone's dog is the friendliest dog in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so of course it's fine that they're off leash. But just one dog. It's just, just my dog. It's just mm -hmm. one dog. So that's a big one that we have folks with their pets off leash. Uh, we do have beautiful off leash dog areas if you do want to take your pet off leash. So we offer that as an alternative, but really, uh, our wildlife are also experiencing more people in the parks. And so they have very specific places where they can find solace and not be stressed out. Wildlife, they get stressed really easily. So if we have a dog off leash running into um, this scrub oak area that previously the deer and whatever else, what other, whatever other animals usually find peace in that area, they're scared away. Uh, their stress level goes up and they're, they're less likely to reproduce and they're less likely to have a great stress-free life. Um, so that's a big thing, the respect wildlife piece, and that falls into leave no trace as well. So that, and also it's really hard to clean up after your pet if you don't know where they went to the bathroom, if they're right. off leash. Right. So uh, that's something we have a, a larger issue with in Stratton open space. I'd say it's one of our more notorious parks for that. Okay. Uh, but other issues that we have are folks using undesignated trails. So these are sometimes called social trails or rogue trails, but they're any trail that was not designed by the city and put there in a sustainable manner. And you can usually tell, right? I mean, <laughs> you can usually yeah. tell yes. uh, when you're seeing an undesignated trail. Well, somebody else went here, so it's fine if I go here too. But you, exactly. you, you have a feeling usually when you go on that trail that it is a rogue trail. 
Yes. So an easy way to spot a rogue trail is if it's a shortcut. If it's getting you from A to B a little bit faster, it's probably not a designated trail, and you're probably leaving the designated trail to use that trail just to shortcut your hike by a few meters. Okay. And then you you brought up a good point, too, of, you know, stay on the designated trail, but also, before you even get on the trail, stay in the designated parking area, right? So you have people who are sometimes just making up their own extra space. We do. Yes. yes. Okay. So we have a lot of park visitors. Actually, we did last summer who saw the grass is a wonderful option to park. But we're trying to enforce that if the parking lot is full, the park is full. And okay. you really do need to respect other visitors space and respect that natural area and find somewhere else to hike where parking spots are available. So right. there, are, there is room for you in the park. But we have had we call it creative parking by our visitors. And we actually had two of our rangers last summer, uh, Wesley Herman and Caroline Ogdahl, who came up with the idea of kind of blocking those natural areas that people were parking on with boulders at Red Rock Canyon open space. So if you visit the picnic lot at the, it's, it's the main entrance of Red Rock, you'll see their, their idea and it's actually worked great. And you can see the grass starting to grow back and some of our other native, native vegetation is coming back as well. That's great because that's what you're, what they're hurting when they're parking there. And yes. so, um, that's a great point. And then talk to me a little bit about, um, trail behavior. And I'm not just talking about packing out your trash and staying on the trail, but, um, you know, just the compassion and consideration you would have for other trail users. Is, is that part of leave no trace? That's a huge part of leave no trace. So principle seven is be considerate of other visitors And this one's big because when you're recreating in the outdoors, you're making an impact regardless, but it could be a positive impact or a negative impact. And that impact is on not only the environment, but the other visitors that are there. So you have a huge influence over if someone's going to have a great day on the trail or if someone's day is going to be ruined on the trail. And that can be through interactions uh, between mountain bikers and hikers. There is some tension there sometimes when uh, some folks don't yield to other people on the trail. So that can cause some tension Um, But what we try to stress is give people the benefit of the doubt. Most people aren't doing those less than leave no trace behaviors out of malice. They're not doing it on purpose to damage the park or to ruin someone's experience. It usually comes from they just don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know that it's it's a behavior that they should shouldn't be doing. We see this a lot uh, on some of our trails when people are playing music. They want to hike to music, but they're not using headphones. And so everyone gets to hear their music and not everyone's into that. Um, And it also robs the sounds of nature from what other people are hearing. So So. what do you recommend people do, you know, if they see someone with their dog off leash or they, um, you know, to to try to, you know, approach that person in a considerate way. Um, And then if that doesn't work, that's what you all are there for, correct? Yeah, definitely. To help in those situations that maybe they can't resolve it. Right. So we always stress to come at people from a point of positivity, not criticism. Again, give them the benefit of the doubt. They might just not know. Um, So introduce yourself. Be friendly. First and foremost, no one really is comfortable if someone walks up to them angrily. Um, And just let them explain that, you know, it's a great idea to have your dog on leash at this park. There's a lot of wildlife here. Actually, in Red Rock Canyon, we have had a moose that was spotted last fall. I was actually driving up to go leaf peeping uh, outside of Colorado Springs and I looked over and I saw a juvenile bull moose hanging around the picnic lot at Red Rock Canyon. Uh, Super great to see, but moose are very, very dangerous, especially for dogs. 
So just reminding folks that it's for the safety of your dog and for other visitors that you keep your dog on a leash and then offering those alternatives. You know, there is an off-leash dog park just about a half a mile up the trail, or there is an award-winning off-leash dog park um, down at Bear Creek. So right. explaining the why and also giving alternatives, we found is a really successful approach when people are doing less than leave no trace behaviors out on the trail. And is there a way that you encourage people to report those behaviors or do you, or to you on site or otherwise, or do you really just encourage them to do what you just said and approach that person and try to resolve the situation? That's a good question. I guess I wouldn't encourage everyone to try to go and correct those behaviors. Um, that is what our park That's rangers what your job is. are yes. for. Okay. Yeah, they're out there and patrolling. And now that we do have six going on seven full-time park rangers, we do have an increased presence in the park, That's as well great. as all of our other seasonal staff. They're also trained in um, speaking with our visitors and talking with them about the why behind the park rules and regulations. So that's what we, our goal is to get our park rangers to talk to as many people as possible when they're out on the trails. Okay, that's great. And so you and I recently um, worked with a well-known athlete to promote some of the leave no trace principles. So tell me a little bit about that because we're going to launch that. We're going to put that out on social media today. So I encourage you, if you're not already following the city of COS um, or our parks department on social media um, to do so today um, to see that and some of the other great information they have, just those tips that you think you know um, but they're good reminders and they're good things to keep in mind as you head out for your next adventure with your family, with your friends. Um, and you can kind of be the educator in your group, right? And educate mm -hmm. them on some of these things. Um, but we thought it would be fun to have someone that most people know um, kind of give us, you know, give us a reminder. I never thought I would be saying this, Jen, but we are working with Apollo Anton Ono, who is a former Olympian gold medalist, uh, 2002, 2006, 2010 Winter Olympics speed skater. He's helping us promote stewardship on the Manitou Incline. Because he loves the incline, right? He, he used it as his training grounds. I know for many years um, and comes back in, in normal years. I don't think he's made it back since the pandemic began, but um, has come back in very often um, because he loves Colorado Springs. So aren't we lucky to have that spokesperson? Definitely. Yeah, I found out that Apollo went to UCCS, which was awesome. And he also trained in Colorado Springs while he was training for uh, the Winter Olympics previously. And the incline was a staple in his training. He used to ride his bike from the Olympic Training Center to the incline, hike it multiple times, and then ride his bike back. I cannot and, imagine. Yeah. yeah. That is great. So he gave us a, a wonderful message that will be out there on social media and, and talk a little bit about the incline because it is a little unique. Yes. To put it lightly, the incline is a unique trail. So the Manitou incline uh, last spring actually was closed due to an emergency mandate from the city of Manitou Springs. And the way that we reopened it was by implementing a reservation system. And that launched last August. And what it does is it limits the amount of people on the incline at one time in an attempt to social distance people and also have a way to do contact tracing if, if an event ever occurred. The incline is 2,000 feet of elevation gain within about a mile, um, over 2,700 steps, each of which are maintained by our awesome TOPS staff. Madison Petty is our point of contact park ranger for the incline. And the incline, it's really hard for me to describe it. It's a crazy trail. It is. People but the reservation system is 
unique, but also so helpful, right? And what you all are trying to accomplish in addition to the social distancing and spacing, it does, I would imagine, help a bit with the maintenance and the upkeep of the trail as well. It does. Yeah. Limiting the amount of people who can access the incline each day, it does allow our park rangers to check that reservation system, see when the best times for them to go in and do maintenance would be, instead of having to contend with hundreds of people at a time on the incline. So those limitations have helped our staff. It's also great to see where everyone's coming from. We do collect zip code data. That's the only data we collect from this. And people are coming from around the world just to hike the incline, which we knew before, but now we know where they're coming from, which is really cool. That is really exciting. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, um, people get a little confused because you mentioned Manitou Springs and it's in Manitou Springs, but can you just talk about what our city's role is in the incline? We, we do manage it even though it's not in our city. Yes. So the city of Colorado Springs does the maintenance and management of the incline. It is located in Manitou Springs. So we have to maintain that strong partnership and communication with the city of Manitou Springs, um, especially in regards to things like parking, which right. is an issue uh, in, in Manitou. That's one of their big issues. And so we're maintaining the trail. Uh, we're promoting safety on the trail with the reservation system also because people do have to read about the trail before signing up. We've limited the amount of rescues that have had to take place on the trail because people are better prepared after having to read just a little bit of information about the trail itself. So I think that's really great that we've lowered the amount of injuries we've had on that trail this year. Oh, that's wonderful. And getting that leave no trace mentality before they even before they even get to the trail, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that plan ahead preparedness. Um, okay, so yes, check our social media for that exciting announcement. We're really um, honored to be backed by someone who has done the incline so many times and appreciates our park system. Um, so thank you um, to Apollo Ono. And what else do we need to leave people with or what thoughts would you like to leave them with. I hate to put you on the spot, but I always want to ask park rangers what their favorite <laughs> trail or park or open space is. I know you said blue stem is yeah. one of yours. Do you have any favorites that stand out for you? I really enjoy the Palmer Loop. I like longer trails and getting to do that six mile loop, which is pretty challenging. I'm still acclimating to Are Colorado. Yes. I've been here a few years. So I love the Palmer Loop. Uh, like I mentioned before, Blueston Prairie Open Space is one of my favorite open spaces. Uh, Blodgett Open Space is great for wildflowers in the spring, so I'm excited to go out and hike. In a couple of weeks, I think we'll be getting near peak wildflower season on Blodgett, and they're just beautiful. It's like a rainbow out there. Oh, that's a great tip. Okay, and definitely for people to remember to check those lesser-known parks and trails so that they can have a couple backup plans or just explore a whole new place, right? Yeah, I would say the most important thing you can pack with you on a day hike it's important to bring water, it's important to bring your map, but bring a plan B. Make sure you know where you're going to go if your park is full. So if the parking lot is full, the park is full, you need to find somewhere else to hike and enjoy your day. And here there's there's dozens of places to go, so like, it shouldn't be Like hard. don't just turn around if it's raining with your five kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't just do that, Go right. have a plan B, right? Just check the weather. And also. now you can call your family and say, okay, everybody have a plan B. <laughs> are, they, are they outdoor enthusiasts now that you have your influence on the family or not really? They're You're still the there. number one. <laughs> they're getting there. I try to bring them hiking with me whenever they visit. So um, they're coming. They're coming to visit. That's yeah, a start. Definitely. Yes. So we'll try to do the incline. Yes. We'll see how it goes. We'll make our reservation and, and hike up that trail. And that is what's so true is we have a, a little something for everyone, for all levels, for all abilities, for all groups of people. 
Um, and we're just so lucky that you all are doing such a good job maintaining it all. Thank you. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. And um, look for Apollo Ono because his words are even more powerful than mine and Jillian's. Um, and he's got a great message for you about the Manitou Incline. ColoradoSprings.gov slash parks is a great place to um, go to explore our park system. So we encourage you to do that as well as to um, be with us on social media. So thank you again for listening to Behind the Springs. Thanks, Jillian. Thank you. Thank you.